And we're live. Whoever makes clean Xboxes should be killed. That's very random. <laughs> yeah, it, not Why? in context. Because I'm Why? trying to blow my nose to try and open that fucking box, and it's like trying to pull the first Kleenex out of the box is like trying to solve the Da Vinci Code. You got issues, dude. <laughs> Says if you. The if these are the things that you worry about so much, you know, like, I can't get a tissue out of the bag. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, let me bring up mine. Where, where, where's, uh, where do I have a... Yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, it's stuck on the loop again. That's always the best when it's on the loop. There's only one person watching now. We're gonna. It's gonna be a while before I think we can play this new intro, which new and it improved. Is new, new and improved with a disclaimer now, because um, you know, funny thing. So now there's nobody watching. Even better. So all this is even on Mark deaf dipped ear. out. Yeah, even Mark was just like, nope, I've had it. So thanks a lot, Mark Varney, our number one. Uh, Mark Varney. Mark Garney. Mark Varney. Who's Mark He's, Varney? Isn't he the guy from Shrapnel Records? Uh, that's Mike Varney. That's Mike Varney, yeah. <laughs> then there's Jim Varney, who is the Nona Main Varney guy. Um, yeah, yeah. wasn't that uh, Ernest? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep, that was Ernest. What beer are you drinking, Mike? I don't know. It literally has no label. <laughs> This this was left here by by the the woman I was dating who worked at Mission Brewery, and it was like some sort of secret thing. And so she's like, "Here, I'm bringing you this cool limited stuff." I'm like, "Okay." So every week I'll have one, and this is the last one. I have to tell you, I played a gig the other day at a brewery, and the beer was fantastic. Which one? Uh, which Witch's Hat Brewery. I've heard of Witch's Hat. Yes, it was it was legit. They had a good they had a nice stage set up, good food. It was. Pleasurable experience. Pleasurable. Oh wait, there's comments. Let's see. Oh, Mark it's all Mark. Is still here. Okay, yeah. He's saying wrong. I was still here, um, which he, he he is, man. He's the only one. So it's just the three of us right now. I don't know Mark why Arnie that is because I, you know, I know people were messaging me asking for the link. Well, uh, here I have somebody who's texting me now. This this will be somebody else. Uh, maybe I can get them to watch for 10 minutes <laughs> this way we can we can actually do the intro because we gotta have three people for the intro where did you come up with these rules i don't know man i didn't think three was that big of a barrier to cross clearly you know, it is yes last week it wasn't though last week was just like boom 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 we're there all right great you know and now this week it's just like eh, one two uh, none <laughs> including mark including mark well, no, it's not none including Mark. I mean, it's, you know, it's one including Mark. Um, let's see. Can I, do we have, ah, oh, we have three. Okay, great. Here we go. That was fast. Intro. Cover to Covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length, and occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up, and they will be smarter than the hosts, and the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that opinions they're not truths they are not fallacies and they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ so with that just enjoy the damn show
Oh, there's six people watching now. Holy crap. I love the hi-hat. Bam. Well, you, you got to end the song on a, you know, you got to let people know it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Very, very Iron Maiden. Yeah, well, hey, speaking of, they're part of part of our lists tonight. How Welcome could they to, not be? Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Cover to Cover to those of you that are watching. Those of you that aren't watching, um, welcome. Uh, you know, not that you're unwelcome, <laughs> but you're just listening to it on a podcast after the fact. Um, in fact, most people are not watching or listening to our podcasts, like in that, the world. But that's not true because we got a bunch of uh, hits last week. Why well, don't you talk 90. about that? Yeah, we had we had ninety views for the last episode, which is great considering that we get like thirty to forty on average. So, not sure what we did that was good, but that's still about seven billion people short <laughs> of the entire world. Trust so, me, I don't think there's even a fraction of a billion people that want to hear anything we've got to say uh, they may or may not i mean you know the, the fact is they haven't heard us so they don't know they haven't you know i look i threw some money at this you know little little bit of promo so let's see you know if we can is get, that like, why we got the 90 hits no i didn't throw it at that one oh I was, okay I was like, oh wait we're getting traction i should throw some money at it all right there so we I go did. um so anyway, yes, Iron Maiden is part of our deal tonight. Uh, this is Cover to Covered. My name is Mike. That is Nick. Nick, what store do you own? Rock City Music Company. Where is it? Livonia, Michigan. Where can you be found? RockCityMusicCo.com. If you're not in our area or if you are in our area, Five Mile in Farmington. All right. There you go. Go see them. Yes. Wait. If you're in Livonia, Michigan, why are you in Farmington? No, that's the name of the road, dude. Five Mile Farmington? Five Mile and Farmington. And, oh, I thought you said Five Mile in Farmington. I'm no. Like, oh. I'm like, five Mile and Farmington. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Although Thank we are know. located conveniently adjacent to Farmington. Is it near a deli or a supermarket? It, you know it is. You know, know it, it is. is. I know it is. So this is convenient all the way around. And it's right next to a bar. Yep, you got it. Which makes it even better for those of you that wish to get your drink on while you buy your vinyl and or guitar equipment. So yes. make sure you go check out the store. And it's awesome. And check them out online as well. Okay. Yes, sir. So um, here's what we're doing tonight. Tonight's topic is epically long songs. Uh, the goal is in a way to make... It's not a goal. It's just going to happen. It's going to be the longest playlist with the fewest songs, essentially. The parameters are every song had to be at least six minutes long. Uh, and we went mild on the live songs because live jam type things. I mean, that's like a Grateful Dead album. Um, that would be equivalent of like three songs and the playlist would be 72 hours. And the let me Dead ask you something. Suck. What? Let me ask you something, Mike. What do you think the odds are that there's a Grateful Dead track on my on my playlist? I would uh, if I was taking the bet, I wouldn't because I would lose. <laughs> you would. Exactly. So <laughs> the odds are. Somewhere between 99.9 and 100%. Uh, yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be about right. So, yeah, uh, that's my guess. But that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. However, before we get there, we're going to talk about some things. Uh, reviewing a topic from last week, this seems to be a part two now, and it's regarding Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs. Now, last week, we went into detail and conversation about how Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs, also known as MoFi, which is what we're going to probably call it going forward, um, makes these great 
repressings of albums that sound impeccable and their whole thing was that it was purely analog and oops they conveniently left out a digital link in this chain which freaked everybody out and both nick and i agreed in the end that while that really sucks it's good that they're preserving the masters so that's good they're actually doing a good thing and they still sound good in fact they sound great I just bought the first one last week, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, it's really now ruffled a lot more feathers because they were talking about it from this pure analog experience, and it was a lie. It just was. And then Nick found an article earlier this week he sent me, and the the headline is, MoFi faces fraud lawsuit for selling vinyl reissues as purely analog while using digital masters. That's big. It can be. That's I, big. I, it's very um, arm-crossing audio file, though. It very much is. One hundred percent. I agree with you. It's very like me. I'm a snab. Yeah, and especially if you read the details of what was in that article, it stated like the person that's bringing the lawsuit, they spent $40 on a Pretenders album, and had they known it wasn't all analog, they wouldn't have paid $40. It's like, I wanted to go, who got a MoFi for 40 bucks? Exactly. I was like, geez, I'll just buy it. (laughs) I'll just buy it. Give it to me for 40 bucks. I'll take it off your hands, buddy, and then you're just like, I'm all done. Yeah, getting a MoFi for 40 bucks? (laughs) Jeez, I thought I scored with the Alan Parsons project thing I got. What'd you get that for? Sixty five, seventy? No, fifty nine ninety nine. There you go. It's not bad. There you no, go. not at all. So, and it was brand new and everything. So, um, and it was an ultra disc half step, from what I remember. Or it's a forty five. It's a mastered at forty five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it sounds great. Uh, and look, I'm not taking anything away from what they're doing sonically. I don't have a problem with the way anything sounds. I don't feel anything different. I just feel like you shouldn't lie to people. And again, like I said, maybe I'm trying to find the uh, glasses half full, but it's like they didn't, they did not say, and they didn't say either. No, 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 no. Hang on. If you're talking about something being purely analog, your signal chain is purely analog. Not saying that there's a digital link in the chain is a, fucking lie right it just is so you know whether or not you didn't say it or did say it doesn't matter you lied you know it's not what it's not the platform that they built their success on with these audio files yes that's the problem here's here's where and this because i i think this calls into question all these high level reissue labels like uh analog productions as well as mofi of course and like this hasn't been officially announced yet but it's pretty pretty much confirmed i saw it on the steve hoffman forums um analog productions is doing uhqrs which is basically their version of the mofi one step of the entire steely dan catalog which is it, it those records have been begging for a, a, a audio file reissue for the last 20 plus years yeah. so i'm glad somebody's doing it but I, I've mentioned on this show a couple of times about the Universal Music Warehouse fires where all these artists lost their actual master tapes. And supposedly, 
the Steely Dan master tapes were in there. That was a big reason why they weren't getting these reissues out. Yeah. So that pulls into the into the arena of like, I don't know how Analog Productions is going to do a fully analog sourced, basically one step of those releases without the master tapes. And now everybody's going to pay attention to this because of everybody throwing a fit about MoFi. Well, then also, you know, with that whole, and that's a whole other conversation, that whole universal, you know, fault fire, vault fire, because there were a lot of safeties that were in other places, you know. Um, so if there was a safety made of the two track master somewhere on analog tape, they could use that. Uh, but that's in most the, cases, in most cases, it wasn't. They were digital backups, but we that, don't know that. So. And that's the thing with MoFi, though, is they would use that original master recordings banner at the top of those releases yeah. if their source was the original master tape. So whether that be digitally in the sense of how some of these releases came out and they weren't upfront about that. The source that they're making that product from is from the original master tape. If it says Mobile Fidelity Sound Lab, that means they can't prove it's the master tape. So like you're saying, if it's a safety copy or whatever, these, these Steely Dan reissues would, would have to be, if MoFi was doing them, they would be presented under the Mobile Fidelity Sound Lab banner, not the original master recordings. Yes, nerdy, but... I'm very excited about a Steely Dan one step. <laughs> well, no, that's great. And so am I for that matter. I mean, if I can get my hands on Asia, like that's pretty much it. That's all I need. I just need Asia one step. Thank you. Yep. Uh, especially since now that, you know, I bought that Alan Parsons eye in the sky. <laughs> and right. It's like, uh, now I need iRobot. Now I need, you know, I'm not even a huge Alan Parsons project fan, but the dude has a pair of ears that's unmatched except for like Steven Wilson. Yep. And, you know, I mean, the, all the engineering he did, I mean, it's not a surprise that the album sounds good to begin with, but it just sounds that much better. So, I mean, again, going back to it, I'm not putting down Mobile Fidelity for their sonic quality. It's still superior. Yes. It's absolutely superior. But I think that, you know, while you, I get your points, Nick, but it's still like from a marketing standpoint, it's it's not you're not telling the truth. Yep. You know. So in the end, it's something that you shouldn't do. You should tell the truth. <laughs> That's very important, you know. And if your platform is no longer a purely analog platform, let people know that. Let me guess. The next release that's put out where it says DSD in the signal chain, right, yep. is going to sell just as much? I would hope out? so. Yeah, I would hope so. They're going to yes. sell out of it. So, I mean, you know, just get past it. It's one of those things that you don't want to just keep going back and addressing it because it's just going to, you know, keep bringing up bad feelings. But at the same time, admit it, move on. The class action lawsuit, that's going to drag everything out, and that's not their doing. Um, but they brought it on themselves. So. I agree. You know, I mean, I don't know where the, you know, what the remuneration would be. Was everybody going to get like 10% off the next MoFi? Because, I mean, they're so stupid expensive, yep. you know. Um, and and you know it's funny about that guy saying he got that pretenders one for 40 bucks when i when i first was buying up the mofi titles maybe 10 years ago when i first really started getting into them that was the regular price for a single lp mofi was 39.99 with a yeah. double being 49.99 and now we're at i think it's 59.99 as you mentioned for a two lp at 45 and i think a single is uh it's 
4499 something like that, yeah. but they rarely ever do single lps at this point it's pretty much all 2lp 45 um but again like you said it's a superior product no matter what no matter what's in that fucking chain it sounds better i don't care what anybody says you take an original pressing of eye in the sky which sounds great and you put it next to that mofi the mofi is going to kill it i promise you speaking of kill are you going to kill roger he's eating a paper towel uh-oh roger he's like look he's just staring at me with the paper towel in his mouth going yeah i know i'm doing the wrong thing yeah sorry Screw dad you buddy <laughs> all right moving on past that now and by the way, if you have any questions about anything, please put them in the chat. We're, we're happy to, to talk about it. And How about oh. Gal McCartney saying, or more importantly, who made a MoFi of the Pretenders? Well, MoFi did. <laughs> um, so there you go. There's that. Uh, I have the ticker going now. So we have our ticker, which is great. Uh, I have actually hooked up uh, and now made the info at CoverToCover.com email address that is functional. Mark, I got all your emails now. We're good. I will address them when I actually have time to read them. But thank you very much uh, for submitting them. Really much appreciated. Uh, so, Nick, what are you listening to right now, man? Um, I've been doing some revisiting. Uh, Gall McCartney, who's in this chat, was over mm. over this past weekend, and he reminded me he played uh, The Doors' Strange Days, which is a great fucking record. Is it? And I, I have a stereo and a mono copy, so I had to listen to both, figure out which one I liked more, and I think I like the mono more. Um, but great record. I just love the Doors, and I, I've worn myself out on them a few times, but every couple of years it comes back around. Big fan. Um, also, going back in time for me, back to uh, middle school, which, uh, Mike, I think you were about 50 at that point. Um, um here's a dick why don't you suck it <laughs> uh green day american idiot and the reason i'm bringing this up is i was just telling somebody at the shop that i think when that record came out it was the closest in my lifetime it's ever come to like a a, a big record coming out in the 70s in the sense of the anticipation and everybody whether you were like a jock or a dork or whatever you were, you had that CD. You had that album. Continue talking about that. I do need to kill my dog. <laughs> He's going to kill him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's just watch. Let's watch as Mike reprimands his dog. Looks like a diaper. Is that Mike's diaper? Anyways, as I was saying, it's it's the only time in my life I think I experienced what it would have been like for a large release coming out back in the day when people still bought physical media by the millions. So, well, they do again. Yeah, but not to that level. I mean, no, now you can, you could have a record debut at number one selling 150,000 units where before it used to take like 3 million. Uh, actually, no, you could be number one with 50,000 units. Well, there you go. Do you realize at one point Sugar Ray had the they debuted at number two on the charts and they sold like two and a half million records in the first week? That's why they don't got to work. I mean, think good about for, that. And that them. was that wasn't that long ago. That was no, 20, it was that was twenty something years ago. That's not that long though in the big yes, scheme of things. 
Nah, I disagree. All right. In the scheme of like, you know, from the time of dinosaurs till now. <laughs> yeah. But in the time of like recorded media 25 years ago and, and technology, that's like 10 lifetimes ago. 25 years prior to when that Sugar Ray record came out that I'm talking about would have been 1974. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that long. So you're saying I'm young because I was it's born not- before 74. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> hey, Mike, what are you listening to? I'm sorry. Yes. Somebody asked what I was listening to. Well, what are you okay. listening to, Mike? I'm going to listen to my fist hitting Nick what in the face Nick? soon enough. Actually, I'm listening to his air conditioning unit just like drone. Like, No, it's not on right now. Oh, it just stopped. Yeah, it just stopped. <laughs> it was on. It's something's loud. Anyway, um, what am I listening to? Well, obviously, I'm listening to Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons Project right now on MoFi. And again, it sounds amazing. I got it from um, Music um, Direct. Thank you. Uh, MoFi owns them. Oh, there you go. That's why I got it from them. There you go. They had it. Nobody else did. Yes. And it was funny because like when you go on eBay, like I looked on eBay, like, oh, maybe I can get a used one. They're like 70 and 80 and 90 bucks. Yep. For the same thing that you can get new from music direct like okay well, i think I'm a lot of that has new one <laughs> a lot of that has to do with the um the shipping increases so like if you're overseas or if you're in canada you'll pay 80 bucks for one on ebay because they'll actually ship it to you yeah well i live in the u.s yeah right you don't have to worry about that i no, love music I direct they do a great job packing their stuff fantastic they company. did actually I, I have to say it was like impeccably packed um you know, there was also something else I, I received uh, in the mail. I totally forgot I bought. So Southern Lord Records re-released Goat Snake's first album called One uh, on blue transparent vinyl. And it was insanely cheap. And I think it had to do something with uh, some sort of charity. And there was only like a run of 500. And that was waiting for me when I got back from my trip. And it sounds great. I mean, I, Goat Snake, if you're into like, you know, Southern Doom type, you know, music they're awesome because it's it's peach stall from uh the scream uh and uh, uh, greg on guitar who actually owns southern lord records um and uh, gee uh from the obsessed on bass and i forget who the drummer is but i mean that album is just big and just hairy and heavy <laughs> yep. is, and i saw them play at the troubadour back in 98 and it was possibly if not the loudest one of the loudest shows i've ever 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 seen and i mean loud i have a story about that i wasn't at the show but it's legendary in detroit they played a club right on uh woodward in downtown detroit that was um i think it was like an art gallery by day and then a music venue by night and they fired up and they started playing and they blew all the windows out onto Woodward. Ah. It was that loud. I mean, just blew glass. Oh like, like they hit the first chord and they just blew glass right into the street. That's, that's how loud and that's they were. That's not surprising. That's not surprising. I mean, just the, the wall of amps that Greg has. And it's just that Les Paul with P90s and he gets the dirtiest, most evil tone out of that guitar. And when they were recording, um, they were recording the, their last, I believe it was their last album in 2015 in Nashville. And that was when, when a, the company I was working for, I used to 
rep Nashville for them, I actually got to go to the studio and listen oh, to sweet. everything. And I and I had a conversation with Greg about his rig and everything. I'm like, dude, that's just like the nastiest, gnarliest guitar sound. And he ever. said, "What?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was kind of cool because Nick Raskolinix was producing the album, so I got to actually meet and hang out with Nick Raskolinix as well. Um, Nick is famous for doing the last two Rush albums and pretty much all the great Foo Fighter records. Yep. Uh, and a great guy as well. So, um, so yeah, that that's I'm listening to that right now. And I also, and you know this because I sent it to you already, I got another Grail. I was able to finally source and locate an affordable jellyfish belly button lp and uh and I, when i tell you that the vinyl is in near mint condition i am not kidding it, it is shiny and clean and doesn't even look played but just like i got it from uh europe and it's european uh pressing and there's something and maybe nick maybe you can shed some light on this why are all european covers whacked yeah like, why are they all creased did they just did they just use a thinner cardboard for the pressing of the I, artwork i think that's the it that that's the deal i mean i i don't know the exact reasoning but you can almost always tell when you've got one oh, yeah. when you're flipping through the bin or whatever instantly you're like oh well this is a european press specifically german which i think is yes. what you sent me that yep. is what that belly button is yep. and uh yeah yeah but i always find even though the jackets are a little bit thin usually the artwork looks really sharp and that's a really colorful cover yeah and that well that color especially is just like bursting with color and, and it looks i mean it, it kept all of its um a resolution as far as the color goes but i mean all of my european and i have a ton of imports just like every album is just like creased in a corner or took some you know shelf abuse it's just so crazy like the cardboard is just that much thicker i don't and i know it's not necessarily cardboard but for lack of a better term yes yeah so Almost, anyway. for for almost the ultimate grail moment which if if i had this opportunity now i would own them but at one point the master tapes for belly button were on ebay and i what? was yeah this was probably i was young i was like a teenager like 16 17 and i was trying to get them and i think they ended up they didn't sell for much like in the in the big picture yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. lot of money to me when i was 17 but i, I they, they were maybe like 700 bucks what yeah it was it Holy was yeah crap. it was yeah it was insane uh, yeah i would have bought them jeez yeah well i didn't have seven hundred dollars might as well have been three million when i was 17 you know it is now in some ways <laughs> yeah right but yeah i kick myself in the ass all the time for that because i could have had the legit belly button master tapes that i could have you know leased out to omnivore to do those reissues yeah right there you go <laughs> or just did your own yes you, know, you own them yep you know just pay the band for the mechanicals and everything's good um cool all right so moving on uh, oh, speaking of jellyfish, there's a new. Uh, we talked about this before. There's that seven, uh, seven, seven inch or six seven inch box set should be delivered in the next month. Yep, which would be fingers great. crossed. Fingers crossed on that one. But speaking of new that's coming out, why don't you tell us about what's new coming out this Friday? Yes. So um, we got two new albums from uh, one one from Muse called Will of the People. It's been a few years since Muse has put out a new record. I always check out what they do. They're always doing something kind of cool that sounds like Queen, usually. <laughs> so I, I don't know how new it is, but 
they're always uh it's always good songs hey matt uh, bellamy is a really cool guitarist and, he, and he's got some really cool guitars and he's got actually go. installed installed like a thinking it's all the chaos pad and one of his guitars so you can get like all sorts of weird noises and such so. that's that's cool yeah. they uh they've got that they've got that anthemic songwriting down to a yeah. to oh, a yeah. t so yeah. it's arena all, it's it's big arena not i i mean it's rock but it's not it's yes. anthemic <laughs> i agree uh there's a new record i don't know how long it's been but there's a new record coming out from journey excuse okay. me <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled no no i actually actually um apparently they 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 have been writing this over the last couple of years and um i mean neil sean always great guitar playing always worth hearing um is he though i love it i love his guitar playing okay you don't uh you know journey is one of those bands that should have stopped around 85 I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, they certainly haven't done anything that stands up to that, but I still think Neil Sean is a fantastic guitar player. Okay. Um, so that's coming out. It's called Freedom. Oh, and I forgot to mention, the Muse is a... Uh, th there's three variants. There's a black, there's a red, and then there's a colored vinyl indie exclusive mystery color. So we'll, we'll find out what that is when somebody buys one and opens it. Is it a single color or is it like random colors? Uh, they don't specify. My yeah. supplier does not specify. It just says mystery vinyl, which, okay. uh, speaking of Jellyfish, when the first Licorice Quartet uh, EP came out, it was on mystery vinyl, and they were all splatter colors, but they were all different. Nice. Um, the Slipknot reissue campaign is continuing with uh, We Are Not Your Kind and All Hope Is Gone are coming out this Friday. Ah, uh, cool. We Are Not Your Kind is on light blue vinyl and all hope is gone is on orange vinyl uh both of those well we are not your kind it hasn't been gone that long but long enough to drive the price up and all hope is gone i don't think ever came out on lp so no i don't think it did either and then uh marcus king one of the great, great guitar player great guitarist that is out right now and a fantastic vocalist as well he has yeah. a new record coming out this week called young blood everything he does has been fantastic as you mentioned just the the guitar playing alone it makes it a must own yeah. uh, and it's coinciding with the launch of his very own signature marcus king ultra orange head it's the first orange amp ever made in america well there you go because they wanted to get out of england yes for whatever reason uh, well marcus king's a down home southern boy and that's probably why but, so uh, they set up a whole factory to build his amps. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Rock City's getting one. Um, we were hand, You had to be hand-selected to get those amps, so I'm pretty nice. stoked. Somebody and then, selected your hand. That's great. Yes, and then there's a handful of reissues from uh, Twisted Sister, Grim Reaper, Dokken, Dangerous Toys. If you're into the 80s stuff, you're going to get a bag full of it this weekend. Hey, speaking of Grim Reaper, cheers to Mr. Steve Grimmett. Yes, we played Absolutely. a gig with him a couple years ago, and he was a very, very nice guy. I've heard nothing but great things about him, especially from Nick Bocott, who uh, you know is an old friend of mine and the guitar, the lefty guitarist from Grim Reaper, and uh, started that band with Steve. And, and uh, you know, I, I know that he was he was really uh, he put an emotional tribute out on Facebook, celebrating his friend. So, and in recent years, 
Steve fell on some bad times, but supposedly he still kept a really, really good, you know, attitude and very positive. So uh, rest in peace, Steve Grimmett. And uh, absolutely. See you in H E double hockey sticks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you in hell. That, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the voice. Uh, cool. All right. Well, that's awesome stuff. Well, how about we get right into it now? It is time. Let's get right Ladies into it. 32 minutes in. Hey, this is short for us. <laughs> Usually we're hitting it around 40 or 45 minutes. So a half hour in, we're doing pretty good. And we have seven viewers. That's because John and Jeff aren't on here. Um, ripping on us. You know, there's three people. I just looked. It'll tell you where people are watching you. And, um, Three people are actually watching on uh, my own Facebook page. So those of you that are watching on my Facebook page, don't do that. Um, <laughs> please come over to YouTube because that's really the way to watch it. Uh, because, you know, what will happen is, uh, no offense to Facebook, thank you for helping us to, you know, possibly promote this every once in a while. But what happens, though, is that they actually... Oh, wait, I don't want to I don't want to hear me twice. Um, what they actually do is they just censor you and drive your listings down further in um, uh, in in uh, on, you know, in the news feed and all these other things and yada, 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 yada. They don't like it very much. So uh, it sucks. And so I put in the Facebook chat uh, on my page. There is the link for the YouTube channel the YouTube uh, direct link. Please come over to YouTube and hang out with us over here, please. I'm begging you. Also, quick reminder, if this is your first time watching the show, down below, hit like, hit subscribe, and then have them send you like, you know, like, uh, what's that? Alerts. The bell. Like when we go live. And yeah, the bell. The bell. Um, because here's the deal. We have 34 people that follow us. Oh, I do have to say this. After next week, I think we're going to have a lot more people subscribing. I'm really excited to announce this. Yeah, yeah. Give the announcement. That's right. We almost blew right past. We it. almost blew right past right past the announcement. So I did mention that we're going to have an announcement this week. And here is the announcement. We are going to have a very special guest next week. We're not just going to have one special guest next week. We're going to have four. We're going to have four special guests next week, and they're all from the same band. And what band are they from? Ladies and gentlemen, we're having an entire Yacht Rock episode next week. The mighty Yachtly crew will be joining us on Cover to Covered live to talk to you about all their awesomeness and Yacht Rock. And they actually have an original song, and they're actually featured on Sirius XM right now, which is pretty awesome on the Yacht Rock channel. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. Uh, we're going to have uh, Philly Ocean, the singer. We're going to have Baba <laughs> Bowie, the bass player. We're going to have Tommy <laughs> Bowie, the guitarist. And we're going to have Sailor Hawkins, the drummer. All four of them. All are fantastic to be names. All fantastic names. And all four of them will be joining us. And if you have any questions, submit them, please. I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. And what's our topic going to be? Are we just are we just going full Yacht Rock? Yacht Rock and, and like Discovered will be Yacht Rock. And This Song Sucks will be Yacht Rock and what we're what we're listening to is well it probably won't be yacht rock but we will have to listen to yacht rock to kind of bone up on the episode so you know, bone up for the episode so yeah see dennis smith has got it right i love this guy at least it's not the grateful dead yes 100 percent. dennis smith you win um my 
love and affection. Uh, I don't have anything else to give right now. And then also like Nelson, who yeah, Dennis like Nelson. is a big fan of. Well, there you go. So there it is. It's like they're better than the Grateful Dead. Their careers are dead, but they're better than the Grateful Dead. So. <laughs> anyway, and uh, also sometime in September or October, I think we're going to do a giveaway, uh, which I think will be cool. Um, I have an idea in mind, Nick. I will talk to you about this later. And then uh, we're going to kind of map out what's going to happen for the rest of the year. We're going to, we, you know, I was thinking about other playlists in October. We're going to have like some sort of spooky playlist. So we're going to have a spooky song episode. And then for Christmas, we're going to have Christmas, the ultimate Christmas playlist. Um, but there's nothing for Thanksgiving. I, the, the Thanksgiving playlist would suck. We could just do all songs about eating. So it's going to be 98% Weird Al. Well, I actually, all right, so years ago, and I'll touch on this really quick. Years ago on, on Facebook, I was at my mother's house for Thanksgiving. I'd flown back, and uh, I, I, you know, I said, you know, we need to make, like, exactly how I got it started, I don't know, but it turned into, like, taking all Rage Against the Machine lyrics and turning it into Thanksgiving lyrics. <laughs> so I, I, I don't exactly, you know. Some of those at workforces, uh, you know, have to eat four courses, like, you know, like just turning it into stupid stuff like that. And it wound up being pretty funny. So uh, maybe we can come up with something for Thanksgiving. Anyway, that's a look at the rest of the year. Before we get into the topic, you were talking about giveaways. Can I uh, plug a giveaway? Sure. So Rock City is giving away a pair of tickets to see Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs next weekend or next week at St. Andrews Hall nice. in Detroit. And uh, they're a band I have been championing on here since day one. And uh, I'm stoked they're they're finally coming through. They've been touring now on and off for a few years and they've never come to Detroit. So this is the first time. Thanks to uh, Live Nation for doing the ticket giveaway with us. And of course, to Mike Campbell. If you're not familiar, you got to check it out. Great, legit throw down bluesy rock and roll and of course mike campbell's storied history with tom petty and the heartbreakers co-writer on all those great tom petty songs and uh it's going to be a great show but if you want to enter to win you can email us message us at rock city or come on in and fill out a giveaway form probably doesn't make any sense if you don't live in our area to enter the giveaway but fuck it i mean if you want to fly in to detroit and was it on labor day weekend no, it's on. Uh, it's this upcoming Tuesday, so the thirtieth, I believe so that is. Okay. Yep. Well, if if you're, you know, if you have time on your hands and airline miles, and you want to fly into Detroit, do it. Absolutely. Yes. And the runner-up, I think the runner-up gets a signed LP of the newest Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs albums. Nice. Yes. Nice. Can I enter? Yeah. You're supposed to say no. <laughs> And I'd be like, oh, shucks. Meanwhile, I'm not going out there. So. <laughs> uh, not because I don't like them, but because I don't like them. So anyway, uh, getting into the getting into the meat of the matter here. Yes. The name of the uh, name of this episode topic of this episode is epically long songs. Uh, and that's sort of a redundancy in terms. So I hope you got it because an epic is something that's very long. Um, and the parameters were the song had to be at least six minutes long. And we didn't want to really do too much live again because you get a jam band doing like you could do Mountain Jam by the Almond Brothers. It's like thirty nine thousand minutes. You know, you do Um, Grateful Dead, Dark Star, any of them. It's all at least a half an hour. Exactly. So we didn't go that way with it for the most part. I did. I did pick one live song, Um, but it's 
manageable uh, at about eight and a half minutes. So <laughs> it's all good. Um, and uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth as usual. If you have any that you would like to add to this list, please put it in the chat. We'll bring it up. We'll see if we can fit it in there. Uh, and again, this is going to be like, you know, probably about 10 songs each with a really long playlist that this is going to make up for, because I think like I have songs ranging anywhere from, uh, 641 at the shortest to over 20 minutes at the longest. And then, uh, but to kick off though, before we start, I want to talk about a couple of songs that you people may think would make this list, but are actually under the six minute limit. And just by that much. Okay, first one was Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought this should maybe belong on the list, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a you know great song. It's it's a long tune, especially for a radio song. That bangs in at five fifty five. It is five seconds short of I checked the cutoff. It. Yep. So you were going to put it on your list too, right? I, yep, yep, yep. Uh, another one, and I know you were going to check this one. Highway Star by Deep Purple. That or did you not want to check that one? I did uh, want to check it, but okay. I but I had another purple song that I already had in mind. So okay, well that bangs in at five fifty six, so that is not going to be on this list. And the last one that I found that I thought, oh yeah, this would be great, Radar Love by Golden Earring, also five fifty six, so it comes in just shy of that six minute limit because that so, one's long. That one is long, but I mean, it's 556, so it's actually not as long as you think. Um, I think maybe the uh, it's possible that the White Lion version is a little bit longer, um, which that <laughs> somehow. Make, somehow that might make an appearance later in the show. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nick, I'm going to let you take the first one here. So what is your first long song that you would like to add to this list? Okay, so you just brought up Deep Purple, and originally I thought Highway Star, and then I thought Burn, but both of them are under six minutes. And then I thought, oh, yeah, there's, of course, one option you have to go with, and that's Child in Time from In Rock, which is eight and a half minutes long, total virtuosic Deep Purple track of the very ballad beginning and how it builds and then it just goes into chaos for the guitar solo before coming back down and then of course the screams by ian gillen absolutely a fantastic song <laughs> and fantastically long but completely enjoyable and uh i know we didn't go with live versions but the made in japan version is like 14 minutes long so dancing Dennis in the is right again <laughs> dancing in the dark does seem like it's 15 minutes long it's like a lifetime. I just want everybody to know that Dennis Smith is an Aussie impersonator in a Black Sabbath cover band that throws burgers at people. So Okay. I have no problem with this. I'm going to his next show. <laughs> He's actually the best Aussie I've ever seen. He's he definitely be better. A... He's definitely better than the actual Aussie, oh that's for God. sure. Listen, if he's throwing burgers at people, then he needs to be in Max Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, he does. Which is probably one of the greatest cover bands ever. <laughs> um, all right. My, my turn. My turn. Uh, I went with a really, like, one of my longer ones for the first pick. Uh, and it's hard for me to not add Tool to a list like this. Because pretty much not me. every Tool song is about 97 minutes long. So... And I love Tool. Um, I went with something 
from Enema, their you know real breakout album, uh, and people would normally think, oh, you probably use the song Enema. Well, no, I went with Third Eye. I went way further. <laughs> this song clocks in at 13 minutes and 46 seconds, and it's awesome because it's got like you know like you were saying like you know the build. It's got a huge build, and it just ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows. But the thing for me is that Bill Hicks. The comedian, the late comedian Bill Hicks, he was really good friends with Maynard. And if you didn't know, Maynard's the singer of Tool. If you did not know, Maynard James Keenan from Tool started off as a stand-up comedian. He was cutting his teeth, playing the comedy store and all those other places in L.A. So he was actually a stand-up comedian. Um, And he was friends with Bill Hicks. And so he put Bill Hicks, they put Bill Hicks in this song, like quotes from some uh, some of his comedy routines. And it's hysterical. And it works. And uh, there's actually the song on that same album, Eulogy. That song is actually about Bill Hicks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could tell that there was a tie there and they put him in this song. And Third Eye, th- the way the song just kind of ebbs and flows and just keeps building and getting heavier and heavier and heavier and then brings you back down again and then heavier and heavier and heavier and closes out super strong. That's why it's on there. 13 minutes and 46 seconds of prog rock madness. Wow. I don't know anything about that song. And I certainly didn't think uh, Maynard had a funny bone in his body. He takes himself so seriously. Have you not read the lyrics to some of the songs? I do my best to avoid them at all, all right, costs. Listen, you have to at least listen to the album Enema. You have to at least listen to that album. Does he go, Noy! in any of the songs? Uh, probably. <laughs> With a lot of delay on it. Yeah, but I mean, like that's like James Hetfield going, Wah! You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's like his thing. Yeah, yeah. You think he goes and when he gets a head he's like, give me your tree here. You know. <laughs> goes to the gas station, fill it up. You know, give me fuel, give me fire, give me damages. <laughs> yes, that's what he does. All right, your turn. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pick, I'm going to go. My next pick is the longest song I have on my list for sure okay and this is by a band where the the threshold for us was six minutes and a six minute song for this band is considered a short hit song (laughs) and that is dream theater Mm, indeed and uh what i chose was octavarium which is from uh 2005 clocking in at just over 25 minutes long it has about 14 different parts in it movements um, movements yeah with with them it's movements it's, it's it's not parts um but in typical dream theater fashion you know it goes it goes to a lot of different places fantastic drumming by mike portnoy of course and uh there's like there's there's some there's some hilarious like rhyming lyrics in, well not rhyming i'm sorry but how they connect with each other so like says like wilson phillips owen wilson phillips like like i don't know it's 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 pretty crazy but uh great drumming great guitar playing extremely long i saw dream theater play it live once and it seemed a lot longer than it actually was but uh great song (laughs) so you want to subject everybody to this yes Got it. All right. Well, I could have went I, again with them. It's like there's so many options. I, I almost went with six degrees of inner turbulence, which is like 45 minutes long, but that's like yeah. seven songs under the one 
moniker. Yeah, you know, that was that was the one thing, too, is just kind of fighting through this list. Like, do I pick entire album sides? Like, are they individual songs or is it one big song? And the thing is, it really is one big song. Right. Just that radio took out a portion of it would make, you know, that part of it, you know, like a single or whatever. So, uh, but no, Octavarium, it's on the list. We got it. Uh, for me, my next one, I, again, can't have a list like this without Rush. Nope. And I could have picked 18 different songs. Um, some of them great, some of them not so great, <laughs> but this one for me is great. And, uh, it, it's very, very difficult for me to not do this list without Cygnus X one from farewell, the Kings. Now I mentioned this in a previous episode, I think maybe even in the last episode, um, yeah, it was the last episode because that was, uh, and in the end, and this song actually ends a farewell to Kings. This is probably Rush's heaviest prog metal song. If they're, if you want to call it that, it really is just like Giddy Lee screams like on no other song. And it is heavy as fuck. It is so heavy, especially like at the end when Neil Peart is like losing his mind on the drums and just everything is just falling apart. It is such, such a great tune. Now, I'm not going to put this on the playlist, though I might, but honorable mention would be Cygnus X1 Book 2, which is the entire first side of Hemispheres, which is continuing this story. Uh, so I may or may not put it on there as it is, you know, sort of an honorable mention, and it is a whole album side. Uh, but Cygnus X1 Book 1 from Farewell to Kings definitely belongs on this list, and it clocks in at a an efficient 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Great RSD release a couple years ago, too, that put both books on one release. Oh, you mean this one? That's the one I mean. <laughs> Although the pressing on that was not good. You know what? I've heard that, and, and I it sounds good to me. I mean, maybe Mine I sounded like one. shit. I got a decent one then. Mine sounds pretty clear, pretty articulate, and it's full range. I, I, I must have gotten a good one. I don't know. I love the idea. I, I was glad they finally did that. But yeah, yeah it, I, I wish mine sounded better than it did. And uh, who is it? Um, uh, Rupert. Rupert Hyde. Rupert Hyde. Rupert Hyde is the one who did the artwork on that. Ah, I believe. There you go. So, and he's the guy who did a bunch of their albums, too. I think he also produced Presto. I could be wrong. Anyway, continue your turn. Should I go with my rush pick? Since we're talking about Rush? Sure. I mean, you're talking epics. There's only one. Mm, I know where you're going. I mean, you have to mention it. 2112. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was on my oh, list, too. Whole album side. Again, just... And if you know the story of Rush, I mean, they, they laid it all on the line with that. I mean, they were totally taking a huge risk oh, yeah. at that point. Because people don't realize Rush were like... You know, they had Working Man as a hit, but they had kind of fallen flat you know there was they had their diehard fans and stuff but the label was getting ready to drop them and instead of going the commercial route of you know you're closer to the hearts and things like that they said how about a 20 plus minute full album side that has all these movements in it and there's a whole two minutes where there's just a waterfall going and somebody tuning a guitar like yeah well i mean the tuning a guitar thing somehow is uh lost on radio um they don't they don't play that one yeah good um 
but you're doing uh, us all a favor. Yeah, but <laughs> but it is funny how that all went how that all went down. Like the Caressa Steel came out, and if you watch the uh, um, Beyond the Lighted Stage documentary, you know. Um, Kiss and Rush toured a lot in the early days, like a lot, a lot. And uh, Alex Lifeson was all excited and played the played the Caress of Steel album for Paul Stanley. And he's just like, I, I don't get it, man. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't get it. And so that that and then they wound up touring with Ted Nugent a lot on that album. And Ted was like on his way down at that point too he was in a lull and so they called that tour the down the tubes tour (laughs) because they didn't think they were going to make it back that that was it but you're right you know they went and they're like all right we you know the record label's like we need hits we need it so like yes you will have one and they're like nah giving you the middle finger on this and then boom out comes 2112 and then they left them alone for the record company left them alone forever yep so uh proof is in the pudding you know, you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You've sold 40 million records. I think you did your job. Yep, so. I would say so. I love in that documentary too when uh, when uh, Alex tells that story you just did about Paul Stanley saying, "Yeah, I don't get it," you know, and then it cuts to Getty Lee and he's like, "Yeah, I think we were really high when we made that record." <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, quick aside. I mean, there's songs on Caressa Steel called "I Think I'm Going Bald." Like, why did you think this was a good idea? But it it's also a, has Bastille Day. It does, but it also has Necromancer. So, yep. you know, all that. All right. Next up for me. Um, another band that pretty much every song exceeds the six-minute length is Typo Negative. Uh, I could have gone with any number of songs from any number of albums. And initially, I was going to go with the song World Coming Down from World Coming Down. And I said, you know what? That song is so good and so beautiful, but just so depressing now that Peter's gone, especially because he was, you know, we were, I, w- I was working for his management team at that time for, with Typo Negative's management team, and he was in a bad way. He was like substance abuse hell and just, you know, that's why he wrote those songs on that album. That album is extremely depressing, but it's very personal in a lot of ways, which is why I love it. But for our purposes, I wanted to give something funnier and happier well, I don't know how much happier this yeah, is. Yeah, there's no it, happy for typo negative. Yeah. Well, this this would be sort of the happiest depressing song, I guess. And it's called Unsuccessfully Coping with the Natural Beauty of Infidelity from their very first album, Slow, Deep, and Hard. Again, clocking in at a manageable 12 minutes and 29 seconds. <laughs> Sounds like a real toe tapper. It is. It's basically three songs in one. There was like It opens up with this big thrash kind of thing, which is... It's the first song on the album. So it's them coming out of the carnivore days, which is very much like a crossover, you know, a hardcore kind of thing. The first song starts off with that kind of Brooklyn hardcore thing. Then it goes to the dirgy part. Then it comes back with this sort of like boppy upbeat, you know, chorus, which goes, I know you're fucking someone else. You know, I mean, and it's hysterical. And the line that's in there that just makes the entire song for me is where there's a womb, there's a way with you. It's for free. <laughs> oh, he, he yeah. had away with words. He so did. Oh my God. Oh my God. He came up with some great band names. Like we're sitting around we're um, we're at the, at the, where were we? We're at the rainbow next to the Roxy one night. And it was with a couple of the members of drain STH. And they were going to do like another project. 
Now, Drain STH was a band of all all women. So Peter was coming up with names for their band. And two of the names that were so great, uh, one of them was uh, uh, Replicants. <laughs> and I can't remember the other one because Replicant is so good. Oh, no, I remember. Vagiant. Um <laughs> Oh, my God. Peter was a character and a half, um, and I miss him very, very much. He was a good friend. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, that's my pick. At 12 minutes, 29 seconds from Slow, Deep, and Hard, unsuccessfully coping with the natural beauty of infidelity. What a title. Yes. All right, I'm looking at my list. Okay, here's another band that you could have went You could have went a lot of directions because mm. they got a lot of epics, mm. and that's Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. So I thought... Do you go Echoes? Do you go uh, uh, Dogs? Do you go Pigs? But ultimately, I ended on Shine On You Crazy Diamond. I figured you would because it's 9,000 minutes long. Well, and, and it's, you know, we the last two episodes, we did the opening of a record and the closing, and that's one of those ones where it's it's long together. It's 25 minutes if you put both parts together. It is. But yeah. it opens and closes Wish You, wish you Were Here. So, um, epic and uh, nice, nice uh, roundabout way of tying all these subjects together. Nice. There you go. That was a hard pick, though, because they have so many great ones. I probably would have went with sheep, but just because I like sheep. But honestly, though, it doesn't keep you interested for the whole song, I guess, per se, though I like sheep. Mm -hmm. Um, The song, not actual sheep. Um, (laughs) I'm sure actual sheep are fine. I don't have a problem with sheep but I'm not attracted. Anyway, um, next up for me, I had to go with Iron Maiden, and guess what song I went with? Ooh, this is, they're another one. You could have went a lot of ways. Did you go Hallowed Be That Name? No. Ooh, what'd you go with? Iron Maiden, if you know anything about Iron Maiden, they'll teach you history. They'll teach you politics. And they'll teach you literature, specifically poetry. So for me, getting the Power Slave album, I learned about Samuel Taylor Coleridge and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yep. <laughs> because bass solo in the middle of it. That's why. <laughs> and at a slightly unmanageable 13 minutes and 19 seconds, this is how we learn poetry. And they played it live. Not yes. only was that song yes. long and yes. did it close out that record, but it was part of the set list. Yes, it was. <laughs> they did not shy away from it. It was part of it. So I give them credit for that. Yes. Yeah, Girl. but uh, so, oh, okay, for Iron Maiden, for me, I went with To Tame a Land, which closes out Peace of Mind. Just because it's so moody, I, I, I really enjoy that about about Iron Maiden is is the different feels you get in all those epic tunes, especially the early ones, like you said, Rhyme of the Agent Mariner, which has the bass solo in the middle. To Tame a Land has that nice build. Uh, Revelations I toyed with. Of course, Hallowed Be Thy Name. I mean, there's so many. Even Dennis said Two Minutes to Midnight. That's over six minutes, if you can believe it. Barely over six minutes. It like It like it hurdles over. Like, right as the doors are closing, it jumps through. All right. That was two seconds. Yeah, exactly. The all right is what put them over the limit. Otherwise, you're out. 
Gold McCartney said Jungle by Kiss is like six and a half minutes, and he's right. And because I was like, this is the first time we're not going to be able to put a Kiss song in in this list. I wouldn't put Jungle on the list. <laughs> Why? Fuck that. So that belongs on this song. Sucks. It doesn't no belong. Way. In- oh my god. Yeah. All right, stop it. Just stop it. Uh, Led Zeppelin, another band where you can go multiple ways. Yep. Um. You know, I'm I'm actually going to change my pick. Uh-oh. I was going to go with Cashmere. Okay. But I just had a second thought. I'm not as big a fan of Cashmere as I am 10 years gone. Oh, wow. 10 years gone is an incredible song that has emotional builds. It's in that kind of minor key sort of thing. It just sounds great. And also, I got to be honest, when the Black Crows did it with Jimmy Page, that album, you know, Black Crows and Jimmy Page from the Greek, killed it. Yeah. Absolutely killed it. Um, yeah. Ten Years Gone is going to be my pick, my Led Zeppelin pick. That's again. a great That's a great pick. Yeah. Zeppelin was another one I had a hard one with. Uh, I had a hard time picking one with before I get that twisted up. Because um, I went, like Dennis just said, Stairway to Heaven. It overplayed, yes, but fucking fantastic. I think that that's maybe the greatest rock song of all time. Could be. And look, I, I mean, I thought about it too, but at the same time, that would be on everybody's fucking list. And I did not want to put like the typical songs. I mean, yeah, there's a couple, you know, like, all right, look, let's be honest. What could be on everybody's list that would work? Won't get fooled again. Stairway to Heaven, Layla. Boom. All three of those. I have two or three of those. There you go. Those could be on everybody's list. Let's be honest, okay? So that's why they're not on my list. That's why they're not on my list because those are almost givens. They're, they're, they're sort of like what they would call a put. Like yep. that's just like there. You know, in, in, in horse racing, they call that chalk, you know, because that's the favorite. That's who's going to win. So, you know, that's the equivalent of what that is. You know, if you look at any top 10 list it's so funny because mark garney actually brought this up thank you mark for this tidbit like we did that you know we did that end in the end and we and the before that we did in the beginning in the beginning there were only like six songs that exceeded six minutes but and in the end there were 13 songs on our list that exceeded it and that's because like the last songs on any given side of an album was sort of like finish it strong you know yep and so that just sort of makes sense and then when you look at the top 10 songs how many of those are like the last song on a side or an album you know they there's tons of them you look at that you look at american pie you look at you know won't get fooled again you look at layla you look at all these songs you know they're all long yep you know but they're all givens at this point you know so that's why i don't i didn't put any of those on my list so zeppelin what i came around to though because i did toy with stairway to heaven then i had days and confused then i had no quarter which is which is a great one yeah then i went to achilles last stand which is a great one and i i ended up not settling on that either what i picked and dennis just mentioned it in my time of dying off physical graffiti fantastic some of the best john bonham drumming in led zeppelin history people i know there's a lot of people that say i don't understand all the hype with john bonham like there are people that think that he's not that good if you want to be bitch slapped for saying that throw on in my time of dying and then you'll understand because that shit is mind-blowing i kind of feel that way about achilles last stand that's well yeah another great example yeah 
but in my time of dying it's kind of like it's in the middle of physical graffiti so i think it, it often gets overlooked but and uh the last lyrics uh chris cornell ever sang were the verse from in my time of dying there you go cough <laughs> if you know the song you know what i'm talking about yep uh all right Next one, I went a little bit of a different direction. I went stoner rock, because you can, because almost every stoner rock song is over six minutes long. I went with a band called Yob out of Portland, Oregon. From their album, The Unreal Never Lived, I went with the opening track called Quantum Mystic. Now, it's almost, almost exactly 13 minutes long. It's 12.59. This thing is just heavy, but it keeps you on your toes. It has sort of like a like a plotting sort of uh, tempo to it, but they find a way to keep it interesting by just dynamically, you know, alternating between like super fuzz and clean guitar and uh, just stops and starts and, and, and noise gates that are clamping down every time they stop playing to have like complete silence. They're like, oh, this song is done. Oh, wait, it's back. It just, it's a long tune with a great build that just keeps you going through the whole song and then finishes big. I'm completely not familiar with that band. Well, you're going to have to listen to the playlist. And Yob is pretty awesome. Yob is like, how should I describe it? Um, I, don't take it like this because I think they're better than this. But it's like if Megadeth was Doom or Stoner Rock. Um, because the singer has like a high-pitched voice like Dave Mustaine. But the music is way better than any Metallica, any Megadeth song. So, wow. uh, yeah, like it's just it's just beat you over the head. Stoner Rock, it's a trio. And they're just stupid awesome. They're so good. I want to I want to highlight a couple of uh, suggestions from the uh, peanut gallery here. Uh, Mark Garney, low spark of high heeled boys. Traffic. So why don't you take other That's shit off of my list? <laughs> did you have that on there yes i do let's wait for the peanut gallery till we're done <laughs> okay i would have never thought you had traffic on yes there. i do we'll talk about it well it's your turn i'll do it next okay so i posed with this album uh to promote this episode david bowie station to station I and i think that. i think the title track is one of the finest achievements in the bowie catalog uh coming in at just under 11 minutes i think it's like 10 47 i didn't put times down here i just made sure that they were all over the threshold um but talk about menacing building is is uh fantastic in that i don't think bowie even starts singing until about four minutes in <laughs> He claims when they when they made that record, he was so high on coke, he doesn't even remember recording it. But some great vocal performances from Bowie, uh, one of the, one of his best bands. And if you have any of the David Bowie box sets that they've been putting out on LP the last few years, uh, right before he before he passed, they started releasing them. There's uh, unreleased concerts in every one of them, and the one that comes with the box that has Station to Station in it. They the tour uh, used to open with that song, and hearing it in a live setting is just is so cool. I I I think it's a great 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 David Bowie moment. What's the name of the song again? Station to station. Okay, 
I'm just writing this all down so I don't forget. So I can make the playlist. Uh, who the heck is texting me? Oh, hey. Okay. So, uh, uh, my turn? Yep. You were going to so talk the, about there traffic. There was this band, Traffic. <laughs> you may have heard of them. Uh, Steve Winwood and Dave Mason and Jim Capaldi and, and et, et al., if you will. Jim Gordon occasionally. Um, wow, what a what an all-star band, right? You just think, like, well, with Steve Winwood in the 60s, you know, already you got the voice down, you got the keyboards down. Um, that whole band just kicked all sorts of butt. Um, you're about to say something, I feel. You don't want to hear what I've got to say. Why? You just you don't want to hear what I've got to say. What have you got to say? I hate Steve Winwood. All right, you're right. I don't I don't want to hear what you have to say. All right. Mind you, I saw Steve Winwood about 5 years ago out here playing concert. Dude was like 70 70 71 years old, no bass player on stage. Why? He was playing bass with his feet. His or the 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 Hammond playing yes. is fantastic. He, it's his voice to, is to, like nails on a chalkboard to all me. Right, you need to go to hell. Like you just you like Jerry Garcia, but you don't like Steve Winwood. One of the That's most correct. soulful, blue eyed, oh white yeah, boy yeah. voices in the world. Yeah. No way. All right, but I don't know about that. You know, you just stop it. You're just bad. Uh, but yeah, Mark Garney is correct. Low Spark of High Heeled Boys from the album The Low Spark of High Heeled Boys is an incredible tune. Amazing tune. That whole album's great. Uh, it's followed up right afterwards with Light Up or Leave Me Alone, which I really love. It's a, almost like a novelty song, a song by them, sung by somebody else not named Steve Winwood. Thank God. Um, yeah, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, Low Spark of High Heeled Boys keeps your interest the whole way. It's not a jam song. It, you know, it's just kind of mellow. But, like, there's emotional choruses in it. If you haven't heard the song, you need to put this on your playlist. It'll be on our playlist, much to Nick's chagrin. But it yeah, is a good tune. It is it a good is tune. It is a great tune. So, uh, actually, he, you know, that was one of the first songs that actually had electric saxophone on it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was electric saxophone. It wasn't just a mic'd up saxophone. It was actually an electric saxophone. So, kind of an interesting, interesting. I dig note. the vibe of that tune, and I do like traffic, but... And I like Blind Faith, but the thing I don't like about Blind Faith is Steve Winwood's nasally voice. Your turn. I'm not listening to you anymore. Okay, so... I'm going to go with my one live track that I allowed. Which is? The live version of Let There Be Rock, ACDC. Who? You know who they are. They sell their shirts at Walmart. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, and Target. That's and right. Target. And Meyer as well. Well, you probably don't have Meyer there. We don't have Meyer here, but I know what Meyer is. Yes. So the live version of Let There Be Rock coming in just over eight minutes. Total Angus Young throwdown. And I'm talking about the one off the movie soundtrack of Let There Be Rock with Bond. Not the, not the Brian Johnson Donington one. Let There Be Rock movie, Paris, France, 1979 fucking throw down acdc killing it angus young rolling around on the floor all that the whole the whole shebang nice and uh lyrically one of my favorite bond scott songs 
not my favorite my favorite bond scott song lyrically is uh touch too much um highway to hell still yeah that yeah which yeah 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 um all right it took it this took a little work but i found a couple of beatles songs that were over six minutes long difficult to do difficult to do yes but in keeping with the my whole like you know dark brooding stoner rock thing let's talk about the one song that probably started stoner rock and that's i want you she's so heavy from abbey road um what a mean riff oh my god it's just so great and but the way it builds at the end of the song when they have like 42 different guitar tracks and all that noise underneath it the static underneath it yeah the wind the wind it's just completely chaotic um and heavy as all get out now as an alternative if you get a chance on that same world coming down album by typo negative they actually do three beatles songs and we talked about this before uh the it's it's uh uh day tripper if i needed someone and then it ends with she's so heavy not i want you she's so heavy just literally the she's so heavy part at the end and every time they go around the 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 16 bars it slows down again by like 10 beats per minute by the time you get to the end of it it's like 30 beats per minute total it's like so slow you're like get a sandwich another note is hit get a sandwich again another note is hit yeah it's it's awesome but that that really like was i i want to call it the first stoner rock song i agree it's yeah. another example of the Beatles doing something before anybody else did. Yeah. And I know there's Blue Cheer and all that, but they were the Blue Cheer was not playing that sludgy, slow nope. heaviness that didn't nope, happen. Not like that. No. That was like the song that like if you were like sixteen and you brought home that Beatles album, oh, your parents like, Oh, a new Beatles album, let me hear it. She's so you know, like you know like you're not allowed to listen to that anymore. That's satanic. That's <laughs> yeah. you know, that's totally what it was. So yeah, that's that's my choice. You're up. All right, going with a Detroit hero in Alice Cooper. Never heard Ballad of Ballad of Dwight Fry from Love It to Death. Ballad of Dwight Fry. Yeah. Right. Are you familiar? I am not. What? I'm I might be, but I don't know it by title. So, so some way. people don't know don't know it by title like you just said that's the song they put Alice in the straight jacket in when you see him live. Oh, okay. I got to get out of here. That song. Just that so omin- ominous and uh fantastic Alice theatrics coming through even on vinyl on what I think is his best record, which is Love It to Death. Uh, I'm telling somebody else to watch me. Look, Mark Garney said, Mommy, where's Daddy? That's how it starts. There you go. What's that? That's how Ballad of Dwight Fry starts. Mommy what? Where's Daddy? Oh, that's... Let's see. Share, and then copy, and then send. Everybody pause while Mike answers an email. Yeah, well, no, it's not an email. It's text. You know, look, we have... Uh, we look again, we have like a full 34 subscribers, so I can only get more subscribers by like talking to people I know and getting them to, uh, you know, watch us and laugh. Yeah. You know, well, hopefully they're watching and they're laughing. Hopefully they will. soon. 
and hopefully it's not at our faces, which are very easy to laugh at. Let's let's you know. I mean, look, look at all this. Look at all this right here. Look at all. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is easy to laugh at. Okay, so moving on. That's right, Roger. Roger's below me going. Uh, the Who. We've heard of them. There were more songs to pick from The Who than you might imagine. But I did not go with the easy ones. And in fact, this is my live track. All right. I went with From the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. A quick one while he's away. Love it. Boxing at seven minutes and 47 seconds. I'm sorry, seven minutes and 32 seconds. Um, and why? Because it's better than the one that's on the original album. It much, much so. Yeah, it's just that's just the raw power of the Who. No overdubs, no nothing. It's not clean. It's just dirty, raw, and on point, which is why I really dig that one. I agree. I know you're a fan of that song too. Yeah, I love it, love it, and that is the definitive performance of it, no doubt about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Keith Moon throwing his floor tom in the middle of it. <laughs> and still playing. Yes. Still killing it. So, all right, you're up. Ooh, where do I go from there? Okay, how about this was another band that, that, that had about five or six choices you could have went with, and that's The Doors. Um, what I chose, because I thought maybe Riders on the Storm, maybe The End, but I picked when the music's over, which I love off of uh, Strange Days. Another meandering doors organ solo melody thing happening. But uh, Jim just being totally scary at the end of that. Um, and I thought, like how you were saying, Mike, about Won't Get Fooled Again and Layla. Um, I thought Riders on the Storm is such a generic choice. Because originally I was going to pick that. But I'm going to pick when the music's over instead. Yeah, you know, going with something that's a little bit off the beaten path, though all the Doors songs kind of suck. Um, <laughs> How you live in California, don't they? Like, it's like Bob Seger here. Aren't you just supposed to like the Doors? I'm counter to counterculture. Yeah, right. right. And you're like from that. New York, where and they I'm like New York, exactly. where they like Bruce Springsteen. No, that's New Jersey, Dick. <laughs> we have Billy Joel. <laughs> Because I'm from Long, Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. All right. I'll put it on the list. The Boars. I mean, Doors. <laughs> when the music's over. When the music's over. I mean, there is some really good, you know, Jim Morrison screaming in that song, you know, that, that kind of goes along with it. And I do understand it. It's, it does have those sort of like builds and drops and builds and drops. It's yeah, kinda, yeah. It's kind of cool. I'll give them a little. Um, for me, though, I went with an instrumental for my next one. Now, that's dangerous. It's dangerous to pick an instrumental. It's even more dangerous not to pick an instrumental by Rush, which this is not. But I went with a great instrumental. Something very, very cool. Precursor to a lot that came after it as far as instrumentals. And I went with Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah, awesome. I mean, come on. You need to have that song in there. And I mean, who does like some sort of like, you know, uh, like Norwegian meets uh, Irish scat in the middle of a song and yodeling, yodeling and flute. And 
you know, just everything else that goes along with it. And then they would play it live, and they would play it even faster. Like three times faster. It's like way faster live. And it's awesome live, but I went with the regular record version because the live versions wind up being shorter than six minutes because I think they were all fully on coke and just like blasting through the song. Uh, but yeah, we went with uh, I went with the album version of Hocus Pocus by Focus from the album. I believe it's called Hocus Pocus, which is no. six minutes. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's called sorry, Making it. Waves. You're right. And it's six minutes and 41 seconds. Your turn. How many more are we doing? I don't know. I got... I literally have none left because you took one of mine and uh, Mark Garney preempted one of mine. So, um, but I'm sure I can think of one more. All right. So me, am I my last one? No, no. You got that this one, then I'll do one, then you do one. Okay. All right. So another band known for its epics is Yes. Indeed. And, and there was a lot of uh, ways to go with this. I thought maybe Close to the Edge, Heart of the Sunrise is a great one off fragile but ultimately i picked one of the most underappreciated songs in the yes canon and one of the most underappreciated records of all time and that is machine messiah which opens the yes album drama fucking crushing mike you're talking about bands that aren't normally heavy the main riff of machine messiah must be heard you would never believe it was yes i don't believe it Ten and a half minutes, fucking pure bliss. No John Anderson uh, on this. Yes, this is when they had Trevor Horn singing. Mm. But uh, that record, front to back, is amazing. It's a masterpiece. But the opening track, Machine Messiah, is the greatest yes epic. And uh, shout out to my buddy Preston from Blackberry Smoke, who, when I told him that, said, I don't think I've ever met anybody whose favorite yes album is drama. I I don't think Yes knows anybody whose favorite <laughs> Yes album is Drama. I'm telling um, you, pick it up. It's amazing. I uh, you know what? I I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna listen to it. It's you won't happen. believe it's Yes, dude. But well, I will because it'll say it's Yes. Yeah, but yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. If finding the answers to Yes. All right, I'm gonna go with you know what because I had to think of another one. I'm going to go with the Yes song because you brought it up. You have one more after me. Um, but I'm going to go with the Yes song, and I'm going to go with It's Your Move, All Good People. Because that's probably that the most uplifting Yes song there is. Like, everything else is very, like, hard prog. It's still a prog tune, but it's more, like, spiritual, I think, as, as a song goes. And, you know, the chorus, when it gets to the whole, like, you know, all good people portion of it is really kind of fun. And again, it has that sort of bounce to it. So it takes you from like that heavy acoustic portion of It's Your Move and then kind of elevates the rest of the song. It doubles in time, so on and so forth. And live, it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm going with the, um, I, I have to see if the live version exceeds six minutes. I'm pretty sure it does because it's a yes song um, and it's live. Uh, I yeah, the only the short versions. songs they have are those throwaway fucking Rick Wakeman and Steve Howe noodling bullshit that they put in between the songs. Indeed. So I'm throwing that on there. Nice. You got one more. All right, my closer. I saw it mentioned in the comments. The most epic track of all time. Blood of the Kings by Manowar. 
closing out Kings of Metal. Oh my God. The most ridiculous ending of all time. It must be heard to be believed that no, it's real. The most ridiculous ending is the ending of the Blackwind Fire and Steel. No, Blood of the Kings is better. I disagree. There's nothing more metal. There's nothing more heroic. heroic. There's nothing there's nothing more meaningful than the end of Blood of the Kings by the true metal gods man of war. Oh my god. Oh, Gal McCartney's uh, speaking up here. Any song off your favorite album Tales from Topographic Ocean, which is a double LP and has like three songs. Four. Oh, it's four? Okay. It's one, one song one per, per side. album side, yeah. yep. Good. Uh, Blood of the Kings. That's the way to take it home. That's the one you took it home on. Yep, okay. yep. Blood of the Kings. Uh, and I had a right. lot of good ones, you know, like uh, uh, fucking In the Court of the Crimson King. You know, that's you, pretty good. You didn't pick that over Blood of the Kings? <laughs> Victim of Changes, Judas oh Priest, right. Sign of the Southern Cross. I, uh, the other one by the Grateful Dead. Uh, listen, listen. Just Purple listen. Rain. That would have been a way better pick than... No, Blood of the Kings, man. No wonder why we have no subscribers. <laughs> your taste is squarely in your mouth. All right. That is done, ladies and gentlemen. We actually have our next two uh, uh, segments here, and then we're going to call it a day. Hopefully get out of here before one hour and 45 minutes, which is going to be a short show for us. Which, by the way, I've been listening to a couple of other podcasts. There's these two guys from Canada that do these like album review podcasts, and they exceed three and a half hours. That's a lot. Every episode, I'm like, Guys, like you're longer than than uh, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, what was that Scorsese film? The oh, Irishman. Yeah, if your if your podcast is longer than The Irishman, <laughs> we have problems. The Irishman's a masterpiece, though. It is, but that's a visual thing. Who wants to listen to two Canucks talk for three and a half hours about the White Album? Not me. <laughs> um, anyway. All right, so before we close this out, though, there are a couple of albums that I picked out, a couple of songs that I picked out that should never have been this long to begin with. One is over a half hour, one is over an hour. Now, somebody mentioned one of them in the, in the, uh, in the chat, and that's What's Dope Smoker. Baby? Dope Smoker by the band Sleep. Dope Smoker is so long, it takes up three sides of a, <laughs> of a double LP. <laughs> And it's boring. It's full-on stoner rock. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a masterpiece if you sit with a red line on, a lava lamp, and a whole bunch of weed. You know. But anything's a masterpiece with that going on. I guess, but it doesn't need to be an hour and three minutes long. I like how it had to, they had to get that extra three minutes in there. The hour yeah. wasn't enough. The hour wasn't enough. Nope. So, and look, do I, I own the album. I... Recently reissued by Third Man. Is that the four LP version? No, this is the two LP version. This is the this is the Southern Lord version that was done on Cornetto Green and uh, vinyl. So with the with the uh, with the holographic cover. So that's why I've never opened it. Um, coming coming uh, this week, I believe it's either this week or next week. If you are local to Detroit, you can go to Third Man Records Cast Corridor and you can buy the new reissue of sleep dope smoker done by third man with pot leaves actually pressed into the vinyl could you get me one i don't know if i'm going down there for that oh, Jesus. 
Although it might be easy to get because everybody that's going to want one's going to miss their alarm and fucking not go get it until <laughs> three o'clock. Do you still have them at five? Uh, can I get three of them? I like how my impression was Bob Tyrell. I totally thought that. <laughs> hey, you guys want a beer? Detroiter, your stone Detroiter is Bob Tyrell. <laughs> you guys oh. want a beer? I don't, I don't know. What? I don't know, bro. Maria! <laughs> we need to have Bob on. Is Bob coming on on September 7th? We need Bob on. I, I, you know how it is. He just got back from Germany like two days yeah, ago. So like, yeah, and he's been to a concert every night since yeah, he I got know, back. Because he doesn't know any better. Because he goes to bed at like 2 a.m. Uh, 2 a.m.? Yeah, I was going to say like 6 a.m. Usually yeah. the sun's going up. Dude, I got up late. What time is it? It's 2 p.m. Oh, I've God. I've been up all night drinking like maybe 10 times in my life, and eight of them Bob was there. Yeah, I can't uh, <laughs> I can't do what he does. I definitely can't, not, especially not at my age, but he's used to it. Uh, and he's like eight years older than me. All right, so anyway, uh, the other one was a song by Monster Magnet called Tab off an album called 25 dot, 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 Tab. Tab. And uh, Tab is about a half hour long. It's 32 minutes long. Takes up a full album side plus. Uh, and it's what they would play when Dave Windorf, the singer, didn't make it to the show. Um, that's happened more than once. You would know, right, Mike? What's that? About that happening. It wasn't during my tenure. Oh, okay. No, this is prior uh, when he was really on some heavy duty drugs. Um, but yeah, that's what they would do. Like, like Dave wasn't around. Great. So they would just play tab or Dave was there and he was just angry. So he would just play tab and it's the same riff over and 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 over again for a half hour, except they modulated up a half step and then back down occasionally. There's no words. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, but again, red light, lava lamp bunch of weed you love it <laughs> all right moving on discovered and this song sucks our final two segments our standard segments uh which everybody does love and embrace discovered being a discussion about a covered song that we like as much if not more than the original and this song sucks which is great band shitty song <laughs> so uh, great band or artist or artist yeah but well, not painter yeah not Solid bob Order. ross yeah, not Bob Ross. I'm sure he made some shitty songs. In fact, I'm sure all of Bob Ross, Bob Ross's songs were shitty. I don't know. So, I don't know. I haven't heard a Bob Ross song. But anyway, why don't you go first on Discovered? I'm going first. You want me to go first? You go first. I'll go first. Discovered, starring Mike Venezia. Uh, I am going to go, and I mentioned it earlier. I, 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 I leaned towards it earlier. as White Lion's version of Radar Love. I oh, I really thought you like were going it. with that for this song sucks. No, not at all. I have a better one that you'll like. But I like their version of Radar Love a lot. I think it's pretty badass, actually, and I love the drumming in it. And uh, Vito Brada, make fun of him all you want for playing all the headless Steinberger guitars ever made. He was a really good guitar player. Yeah, he was. He was An the saving grace player. of White, White Lion. Absolutely, yeah. And James Lomenzo on bass, too. I mean, great bass player. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, the, that version of radar love was actually really, 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 really good. Mike tramps vocals, notwithstanding, 
the musically, I thought it was just dead on. I love like Vito brought his little touches in between the verses and in between the lines and in the chorus and such. Really, really cool. So uh, that would be my pick for this week is White Lions version of Radar Love off of um, Big Game. Big Game. Thank you. Not, I was going to say main event, but it wasn't that one. It was big Game. Yep. I feel ashamed that I knew that. <laughs> the fact that you knew it and you don't like it. You just bite me. Was Your that turn. the only hit off big game? Was there a cover uh, of Little Fighter, I think, was on there. Too. Oh yeah, Little Fighter. Oh God. The Dennis Smith, Jerry Garcia started White Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Gar- Jerry Garcia doing weight. <laughs> I can't even do an impression of that. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Never had a chance to love you. Never had a chance to love you. Well, that's more Bob Weir. You, you're doing the lower. Sorry, Jerry sorry. had the higher voice. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Wait, 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 wait. I never had a chance to love you. Do, 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 do. It would be something like that, probably. And then Bob would come in, Sugar Magnolia. Start singing <laughs> another song. My pick for d- Discovered this week. It's a great cover of I Got a Line on You by Spirit by Alice Cooper. Oh, nice. I, I heard it earlier this week and forgot about it. It was on the Iron Eagle 2 soundtrack, if you remember that yes. fantastic film, Mike. Oh, yes. That is cinematic brilliance. Yeah, they, they Not got the it. Not the first one. Not the first one. The second one. Yeah, they got it on 4K Criterion. It's such a great movie. But uh, the soundtrack's good, and it features this fantastic cover of uh, I Got a Line on You, which is a killer kind of deep cut rock tune and a great version done by Alice. No, that's awesome. I did not know that existed. Yes, good one. Nice. Well, now we're up to This Song Sucks. Yep. This Song Sucks. Uh, you need we need an intro for this song sucks i have one that i it's written shut up Um, roger's gonna sing on it he's going oh here's the intro to this song sucks Never gets oh, old. And, and then this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Come on. You can't tell me the scream is not the most appropriate thing for this song sucks. Yeah, so it's pretty good. For the uninitiated, this song sucks is basically the segment where we talk about a great band that made a shitty song. And that's because not every one is a hit. They're just not. And so we have some regulars that keep making appearances like Rush, unfortunately, and Kiss, whatever. Um and the Steve Miller band, best band ever. Ugh. Did you notice how I didn't even grace your photo with a response? But I noticed how Pete was just like, ah! Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Steve Miller band, uh, Nick does not like the Steve Miller band. Um, he's uh, gave them a bad Yelp review, if you will. I hate them. Uh, and there's a big, like, Five minutes away from where the big, big billboard saying like playing at Pollock Casino, Steve Miller Band, whatever. I'm like, oh, you want to go, buddy? Come on, <laughs> let's go. We have there's only I, I let everybody play whatever they want in 
Rock City. The, all the employees get to play whatever they want, but there is a long-standing rule that no Steve Miller is tolerated in my building. Well, that's fair. All right. Well, with that said, we're going to get on to the Steve Miller section of this <laughs> this program. Uh, and what is your song that sucks this week? Okay. My This Song Sucks for this week. I mentioned this artist earlier in the show being a native Detroiter mm-hmm. you're it's put into your DNA to love Bob Seger. And I do love Bob Seger. I think Bob Seger has got some fantastic songs. Um, great live record, of course, live bullet unstoppable, but there's one giant terrible turd in the Bob Seger catalog, which is old time rock and roll. One of the worst songs ever. What a terrible song. First off. I just, I don't get you, man. First off, the guitar playing. It's got to be Seeger playing guitar. Like I mentioned with Get Over It, it's like, I don't know how you can have session guys from Muscle Shoals at your fingertips and you're getting that guitar solo, especially when it goes, don't want to hear him play a tango. And it goes, it's like not even in key you know the part i'm talking about i know the part you're talking about it's awful backwards and forwards it's awful am i a huge fan of the song no does it suck no it's that's a terrible song no it no one one line i will agree with is there's only one sure way to get me to go and that's to play old time rock and roll I will leave immediately if that song comes on. You are just a fucking dipshit. That song sucks. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It does. Oh, you oh, you're cranking it up in your in your Kia or whatever you're driving, Mike. Dude, I run around in my white fucking skivvies and my socks and my button-down shirt, and I slide into my kitchen, and Roger's just like, what up? And I'm wearing my sunglasses. I'm all Tom Cruise on him. And yeah, I'm that's like, another reason I hate it. Dung, 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 slide that's, that, Yeah. Okay, that's another thing. I'm glad you just reminded me of that. As soon as you hear that piano start, you know that song's going to suck. Put Gall McCartney's comment up. Put the old record back on the shelf. Fantastic. <laughs> literal <garbage. laughs> yeah there we go dennis has it right springsteen wrote that song no he didn't luckily yeah, he did he he's sure got did. some bad songs but he didn't write that one yeah he wrote that one all right he didn't write that one but still anything to hurt you after that nonsense <laughs> that song blows Right, Come on, whatever. Mark Garney and Pat Middlestat. You got you guys better agree on that no, one. No, don't agree with him. Just don't. Go find another store to shop at. Chef! <laughs> so, my song this week, you'll appreciate it. Because I know how much you love Black Sabbath with Ozzy. Oh, great. But uh, let me guess, are you are you are you gonna pick like NIB or Supernaut or any of those other overrated songs? No, NIB is great, Supernaut is great. Um uh I'm picking a song that should be shot. If it were an animal, I would say it has a broken leg, it needs to die. And that's off uh Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. I went with Looking for Today. That song does not belong 
with anything else on that album. There's way too much tambourine and snare playing by Bill Ward, and that's it. And then the whole chorus is Ozzy screaming, looking for today, over and 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 over again. Like, wow, cut back on the cocaine, guys. Like, let's let's write a full song. Let's write a whole song. And it's just like way too happy. Like way too happy a tune. Like that's not Black Sabbath in my mind. It's just like it was like pop. And it was bad pop at that. And it's like it's sort of like the same feeling I get when you hear Heaven Can Wait. Heaven can wait by by Iron Maiden, you know. Heaven can wait. It's just shut up. Sounds just like him. Exactly. So but it's the same kind of thing. So now looking yeah. for today is garbage it, it is garbage like that song just if that was left off the album my listening habits of that album would not change because i always skip it so. Ooh, oh yeah that's what i'm saying yeah i i would agree on that you know who hasn't made it a, an appearance this episode is gene simmons <laughs> you know the thing about it <laughs> is i have to say ozzy osbourne singing on that song does not in any way touch the quality that we put on every single kiss album you can buy all the Nick, kiss albums kiss.com $100 we charge you for shipping and double the tax nick and mike are always doing this segment this song sucks you will never hear a kiss song on this song sucks but you know why because no kiss songs suck every single song we ever wrote was all killer and no filler. In fact, everything from The Elder was the best we've ever made a song sound. <laughs> There's that. The all Oath. Right. <laughs> the Oath is the best song ever written, <laughs> along with I. Both of those songs, basically, Nick, I don't understand how you do not feel that this is the crowning achievement in, Chris's, in Kiss's discography. I'm I'd like to, to know you in the kiss coffin. I'd like to know what Gene thinks is the crowning achievement in their catalog. You know, if I had to pick just one kiss song, I would probably pick Christine 16. Any song that has to do with pedophilia is right up my alley. <laughs> um, okay, that's it. We're done. We're getting stupid here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us. I am Mike. That is Nick. Remember next week, next week, special guests, Yachtly crew will be joining us for an entire yacht rock themed episode. I'd say it's going to be exciting, but it's yacht rock, so it's not really exciting. In fact, it's quite safe. We'll be um, sailing. Yeah, exactly. We're going to be talking about Christopher Cross. We're going to talk about Boz Skaggs. We're going to talk about all these bands. But also, there's one thing you got to know about yacht rock, man, and that is it's made such a huge comeback. It's so it's like the it thing right now and these guys these guys who are great musicians by the way and let's 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 give a little credit to yacht rock musicians i mean boskag steely dan like all those musicians are Michael amazing McDonald. that like my like all of them are just like amazing musicians right so everybody in those bands like they had to be at the top of their game and these guys play all of their hits all in one night so you know about the musicianship in these bands it's top notch so these guys are selling out 3,000, 4,000 seaters, full crowds, 
all the time. They're, they're about to, they're, they're, I can't announce it because they're going to probably announce it, but they may have a residency. I think they do have a residency starting in a city that rhymes with Mas Megas. Um, <laughs> Whoa, gee, I wonder where that could be, exactly. Mike. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? As long as it's not Mas Tequila. No, it is not at Mas Tequila Den in Cabo. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of cool. So, I mean, it's going to be good to have those guys on, and they have a huge following, and hopefully they'll all join us and become one of the, you know, part of the big cover-to-covered family. I might wear an ascot uh, next week, and you should wear a smoking jacket yourself. And I'll, you know. I'll definitely have a sailor hat on. <laughs> but join us next week for that. That's going to be right at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, I'm going to put this playlist together. It should be up in the next 24 to 48 hours. You can find this on uh, Apple Play. Uh, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts within the hour. Once we're done here, make sure you check it out if you want to download it and listen to it again. In the meantime, I'm Mike. That is Nick. Nick, what's the name of your store? Rock City Music Company. Oh, really now? And exactly where uh, where is your store located? Livonia, Michigan. And Five Mile Land, in? Farmington. Yeah, and not, you can, in, not in Farmington. Yes, and you can uh, find us at rockcitymusicco.com. Well, there you go. And uh, thank you all for dealing with us. And uh, remember, uh, Sue Mofi, get, 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 get yourself on the list for the class action lawsuit and get a free copy of Thriller or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. What other comments? Oh, thank you, Mark Garney. We really appreciate you. If there's anything else you need from us, make sure you check us out on uh, uh, here. Again, subscribe and all Mark, that other fun stuff. Mark got your message. I'll get back at you tomorrow. And now we got to wait another 25 seconds for this song to end. How about every song smashes, every song thrashes, and every song hits? What? Look at the comment from Gall McCartney. It's referring to Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. Every song smashes. I'm not doing it now. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Bye.